Welcome to episode 5 of Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan, and I will be your guide through the 41st millennium tonight. And with me is just one of my fellow travellers on this journey, Steve. Hi Dan, how are you doing? I am living the dream as ever, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, very good. Hobbying to the max. Hobbying to the max, all the way up to 11. So, um, unfortunately we're not joined by Ben. Well, maybe fortunately actually, um, so unfortunately for the podcast, <laughs> but fortunately for him, um, uh, we should probably say congratulations to him because he and his wife have just given birth to their second child, so... Whoop, whoop. Yeah, well done, guys. Got some allies on board. Absolutely. There's a small allied detachment, an increasing allied detachment as it's his second. Uh, so, yes, massive congratulations from the Ashes team uh, to, to Ben. And if uh, feel free to send him, send him your best on Twitter and all that jazz. Um, but today, Steve and I will be fighting through the first part of our Grey Knights Codex review, won't we? Yes, we will. That's uh, very cool to see a uh, next-gen Codex in its full extent, see what it can offer, you know, how it adds and how it now all works with 8th edition. Yeah, definitely, because obviously we saw the, the Space Marines one, um, but that was always going to be a big, you know, a headline issue of the, of the Codex. But, you know, now we're starting to see some some cool new ones with uh, both Grey Knights and Chaos Space Marines arriving on our doorstep uh, at the same time, which was uh, quite cool, but uh, it's a lot to go through. So uh, to see whether we can keep up with this release schedule. Yes, yes, and there's more being promised soon, isn't there? So, Absolutely, uh, yeah, I wonder what's yeah. next. Ooh, hopefully Orcs soon. Hopefully Orcs. Who doesn't like Orcs? And, and Tyranids as well. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, I will be I will be very, very, very hard-pushed not to start a Tyranid army when that, or, you know, re- resume my previous Tyranid armies because uh, I'm a big fan of Tyranids. But that aside, we can discuss that when it, when it eventually arrives. Absolutely. Um, what have you been up to in the hobby today or recently? Uh, so uh, me and my son, Ben, uh, had our annual summer holidays trip to Warhammer World where we played some games of 8th edition. And because we prefer to have the sort of smaller games, we use the uh, Warhammer World event team's uh, draft rules for sort of skirmish kill team 8th edition. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and how, how, were, how were the rules? How was the rule set? It worked great. Uh, I think for me, it's it's very familiar. We played a lot of Kill Team in the past, so it's very familiar. Um, it allowed us to have a whole bunch of small linked games, which is perfect. Um, and as we're growing our forces, you know, we're not all ready to you know put down two thousand points or two hundred power level. So to be able to just put some things together, and um, so we had two games. Uh, one was on a regular table and we brought some of our own terrain along to to fill it out um, uh, and that was great fun uh, that was actually a continued game from home where um, uh, the the tau ben's units had taken over the chapel so um, we took it to a warhammer world for the sisters a battle to take it back again but however the tau were too entrenched and uh, too many casualties were taken on the way in um even though I'm getting to get to know how to use the ferromin better now, and they are um, seraphim. Sorry, we're, we're getting in and doing some, you know, quite good damage. Um, so we had to call off the assault, so that ends the game. We're not releasing you know, missions or anything. We're just saying what would happen. And then for the second game, we were lucky enough to get onto the big 
very themed table of gantries and pipeworks and landing platforms. Ah, yes, this is the one that used to be the Hobbit's Goblin Town table and then was repurposed as a kind of Mechanicum uh, forge under Undercity, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was brilliant. And um, we we basically picked the highest point that there was a downed uh, Tau stealth drone. So the Forge World model, and on board was a load of vital equipment, vital um, mission critical uh, intel that the transmitter had failed. So this thing had crashed. Um, as the Imperium forces, we wanted that because we wanted to stop the Tau getting it. Uh, the Tau themselves were trying to capture it, and yeah, it was lots of running up gantries, coming around corners, short range shooting, really good, and it got to a really close finish, but. Uh, did manage to clear the uh, the tower off the objective, and we managed to capture it. So that will then inform our next game because we're now going into the tower lines because we know where they are, we know how they're set up. So yeah, it was great fun. Take take the fight to them. Yeah, Those exactly. Blue fish aliens. <laughs> exactly with the very good shooting. Oh yeah, yeah, very very good. Markalites. I uh, I was at Warhammer World of. Um, almost a year or so ago with the guys from the triumvirate podcast at one of the uh, the open days and we looked at the tau the tau admech diorama in the back of the museum and uh it was uh, it was you know it's a stunning stunning scene you know, loads of cool stuff going on and you know just stuff getting blown up and you know everything it's, it's there's loads every time you look at it you see something new and i remember sat there and i thought and i remember saying like oh you know i don't really like tau they're not that great and then Andy, Andy looked at me and was just like, "What? How do you not like Tau? You know they're so cool." And actually, ever since ever since I said that, and I now find myself looking at Tau and thinking, "Do you know what? Actually, there are a few cool things about Tau. Maybe, maybe no, 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 no. <laughs> maybe, but maybe no, 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 no." So yeah, I'm having a little bit of a. I don't really like Tau, the kind of um, the fire warrior, uh, but it's all about yeah, all about the big mechs, all about the big uh, the big suits for me. Yeah, no, I um, I I had that whole fire line, you know, hold the line kind of thing for a while, but um, I moved a bit of that on, uh, you know, just moving cash around for projects. But I did keep Shadow Sun and friends. What's well, not to like, really? You know, Shadow Sun, load of suits. It's just a yeah. cool little list, isn't it? Yeah, nine nine stealth suits. I've got the two drones, and I've got a squad of three XV nines with the fusion cascades. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the so, thought uh, ones, aren't they? Yeah, and really they nice models. As with all tower, they've got to drop everything first turn, otherwise they're in trouble. And their weapons are still D three attacks per weapon, so you know you can roll nothing or you can roll everything. But if you roll everything, they melt the world. They're fantastic. So yeah, so so for me, they they're very much a glass hammer, uh, and most people are very happy to play against that kind of thing because. You know, if it goes your way, then it was luck. Um, you've had a good game over it. So Yeah, they can certainly dish out a punch, but they can't take it. No, no. Uh, but Shadow Sun's still got some tricks up his sleeve. So, um, and the stealth suits are pretty handy. So for the smaller game, I haven't got anywhere near enough for 1,000, 2,000 points. So it, again, for me, it's the smaller games which I'm enjoying at the moment. Um, so yeah, no, it's good. I had a good time. How about you? I've been slowly working on my Sons of Medusa and uh, just getting them them painted up. Hopefully I'm going to try and attend an event at some point this year or maybe the beginning of next year uh, with my Sons of Medusa. And I've even I've even ordered some custom decals and custom transfers for the uh, shoulder pads and vehicles. 
Nice. So your traditional sort of water slide transfers? Yeah, so traditional water slide transfers. They're from chaptercustomizer.com, and that's a customizer with a Z because it's an American company. The Z? Um, with a Z. Um, so chaptercustomizer.com, and I've ordered them. I've ordered the Skull Star Halo 1 decal set, uh, which has got a variety of Sons of Medusa-esque um, you know, I'm sure they're not actually Sons of Medusa. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm sure they are <laughs> inspired by the male children of mm, Reducer or something. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who, who are you trying to kid? They're, they're Sons of Medusa skulls. Uh, you know, skull stars. Um, but they're, they're they're under a different name. The Skull Star Halo One decals. And this company, um, it's pretty cool. They do uh, a whole range of different. Um, sort of third fourth fifth etc successor founding chapters uh, okay. things that you might not necessarily be able to find in forge world upgrade kits or games workshop transfers uh, so if you're doing a chapter like blood ravens or one of the one of the new ones that they've showcased in the books uh, you're probably going to find something along there you know uh, i can't, can't remember some off the top of my head but but yeah they've got quite a cool range um and you can get them in a variety of different sizes. So by all means, check them out. Um, yeah. Hopefully they'll arrive soon, and uh, I'll get get them started loaded onto the uh, the shoulder pads of my uh, of my Marines. Nice. Are they um, are they black or white or options? The transfers that I've got are black and white. I think they do come in colours, um, but the Sons of Producer logo is black and white anyway. So I wasn't, right. wasn't really too fussed about. Um, about the colours, but um, enough about puny normal Astartes. Let's get on to <laughs> the six hundred and sixty sixth. That's a that's a mouthful, isn't it? The six hundred sixty sixth <laughs> chapter, the Grey Knights. Fantastic. The Brothers of Titan, the Sanctifiers. There is. I'm not going to lie. Opening this codex was pretty cool because after you get rid of the contents and introduction. There is Ex Templars Mysteria Orcs Ordo Malius. The uh, the Canticle of Absolution of the Grey Knights, known as the 666 Secret Words, which is like a really, really intense poem slash prayer slash mission statement. Yeah, you should never read it all the way through out loud. At midnight in a mirror. You're going to get deep struck. You get <laughs> you get sucked into the war by Drago and punched <laughs> in the face with a, power, a nemesis power fist or something. Yeah, if that exists. Yeah, so very cool, very cool. Strange that this was the the second joint second book out. Oh, is there a is there a little secret in there? Well, because it's... they're demons and something might happen in the future, or there is now. Where is it? There's a tiny little mention of a connection between. You're talking about Drago and Matarian, aren't you? Yes. So in the timeline page, isn't it? It's on page yes. twenty-five. Yes, that's the one. So yes whether there's some link because actually the the moon titan itself did actually kind of disappear for a while yeah during horus and when the warp was a right old mess uh they used protected by macro fields and sigilic rites uh, titan rode out the turmoil of the warp Whilst the rest of the galaxy endured through the last months of the Horus Heresy and the tragedy of the Empire's, Emperor's final battle. And it arrived, returned later amidst the anarchy of the Second Foundings. So 
and it was during that time that it, it managed to not only build up its numbers, but also, you know, find these and discover and to refine a lot of the unique and special weaponry and abilities that they have. So I'm not sure. I'm just saying, you know, uh, Death Guard lost in the war. Titan disappears for a while. Could there be a connection? Oh, yeah. This was when Malkador went on one yes. of his secret missions from Terra. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So maybe there's a reason we've seen this sooner rather than later. Maybe we're going to see a stronger connection. Dun, dun, dun. Very exciting. I, I'm prepared to be completely wrong on this, but we'll be good to see. I'm, I'm calling it now. To, I'm prepared to be very <laughs> excited by everything. Um <laughs> Hashtag fanboy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I have to say, like you said, Dan, I mean, just looking at this, uh, my experience with Grey Knights is uh, a friend of mine used to play them and his game style was very much super efficient. Uh, get everything as fine-tuned as possible. So I did get battered a lot by these guys. So when the book came out, I was like, oh, dear. Well, it's interesting but- you say that, Steve, because actually Grey Knights were the kind of the, the bogeymen of kind of fifth fifth sixth edition wasn't it you know back in 2011 i'm gonna go it's pretty intense during fifth and then into sixth it just got absolutely bonkers um you had the famous uh cyborg ammo dreadnought cyborg ammo razorbacks with assault gun. it was yeah very very intense to play against um you know a few of my uh a few of my close gaming circle were big fans of Grey Knights, and um, uh, the less said about those games against them, <laughs> the better, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for me, you know, if you if you want to say, you know, sum up an elite fighting force, then they should be absolutely nails and absolutely have all the tools in the box. I think it'd be interesting to see how they shape up now with the new missions with the open war objectives, with maybe more mobile battlefields now. I don't know how you feel about that. Hordes, you know, are hordes a thing? We've yet to, yet to really see, but it's, it is an objectives-based game. So if you're, if you're able to either put a horde an objective and claim it that way because you've got the resilience and the numbers, yeah. or maybe you're able to use mobility. And that's something I think that Grey Knights do very, very well with the various teleportarium or shunts moves that they've got. Um, yeah. they move around the battlefield uh, like it's going out of fashion. So, you know, manoeuvrability in, in, in any game is always going to be one of those key points. And if you've got a very manoeuvrable army, you're going to be at an advantage. But if you can combine that with survivability, such as invulnerable saves or Terminators 2 plus saves, you know, you, you're onto a good thing. Yeah, no, the, these guys are, you know, they can be in your face very quickly, you know, teleporting. Um and yeah, you, you, you're going to need something to get them off an objective, absolutely. So I thought what, what we do is we're going to, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to split this into two parts. Um, yep. The first part is going to be a little bit about background and a little bit about some of the data sheets. And then what we're going to do is we're going to come back next uh, later in the week or next week and we're going to discuss uh, some of the more, the more special rules. So... Uh, warlord traits, stratagems, relics, um, the sanctic psychic discipline, and also the tactical objectives, because um, we want to we want to concentrate on those latter bits uh, properly, rather than just you know picking our favourite one and then rolling through it. So tune in uh, for some of the rule stuff next week, and then just this week, what we're going to do is we're going to do law or background and uh, some of the data sheets. Yep, cool. So without further ado, what's your favourite? 
part of the, the background section of the Grey Knights book, Steve? I think for me, it's, it's, it's just those little mentions of parts of stories that you could just go and play a whole bunch of games in or build a whole combined um, imperial force out of. And, and I think for me, it's, it's, it's the narrative little teases in there. Um, one of the shocking ones for me, actually, and just a huge opportunity, is the mention of the fact that um, the Grey Knights are so focused on dealing with corruption from from chaos and the demon incursion, that they're actually quite open to working with or dealing with, probably on a very clandestine level, not only Adeptus Mechanicus, which is obviously how we see the, the Dread Knights and stuff, but also that they will work with the you know, Xenos as well. So for me, that's a very interesting area that you could actually explore where perhaps, you know, an allied force, you know, trapped where, you know, there's some technology from um, Tau perhaps that, you know, that's being exchanged and, you know, they would fight side by side and not in that kind of uncomfortable way but in the fact that they have an ongoing relationship so for me that's just one of the little tidbits in there that you can kind of pick out and you know fertilize and grow into something bigger yeah definitely and, and i know the uh, the timeline bit that we spoke about earlier that that has loads of little snippets into referencing various different space marine chapters that they've worked with often without that chapter's knowledge yeah and, and i think you know if anyone's not you know, uh, au fait with exactly what the Grey Knights are and their role. I mean, they are very much that you know, they they watch the watchers. I think is the phrase, isn't it? That they oversee. They are very much separate. They might be part of the one thousand chapters, but they're very much separate, over and above. And they are the best of the best with honours. You so know, they're the they, kind of the the fairy godmother. Of the space marines. <laughs> if space marines, space marines are Cinderellas, and the Grey Knights are the fairy godmother, that's what you're saying, essentially. Perfectly put. Well I translated. So. Excellent, <laughs> excellent metaphor. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean they're, they're absolutely they're the purest, they're the strongest, strongest of mind, especially so that they can withstand the, the perils of intrusions of chaos and there's some oh, couple mate, of great completely stuff. missed an amazing opportunity to make a perils of the warp pun there oh my striata I'm, I'm so disappointed in you <laughs> I'll, I'll warm up it must try fun. harder <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, so then, yeah, but so... they're not but they're not they're not all good guys are they that's what you know you, you spoke about that slightly gray area of working with uh, working with aliens to achieve you know their anti-demon aims but you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it doesn't really end well for humanity. You know, if you look at, say, the Salamanders, for example, the Salamanders chapter, who are you know, very much into protecting humanity. Um, one of my favourite little snippets is um, the silent reprisal. Okay. And uh, it's um, uh, Grey Knights from every brotherhood, along with paladins and purifiers, are sent racing to, to worlds that lie along the seams of the Circatrix Maledictum. As demonic hordes spill into real space, the Grey Knights meet them head on. Uh, through their efforts, entire worlds are given time to evacuate and flee the oncoming warp maelstroms. 
though these heroics go unnoticed by the terrified populations. So all, all well and good. Sounds very, very exciting, very, very noble, very, very heroic, um, you know, so it, launching uh, into into battle to defend uh, the civilian population from demons. Uh, but then the, the last bit says, Across many less fortunate planets, however, where the grip of chaos has already taken hold, the Grey Knights solemnly set about the task of exterminating billions of Imperial citizens. Good. <laughs> that is not a postcode lottery you want to lose, is it? No, it's not. It's not. No, I, I, I think... I think for me that just again just reiterates their pure focus and the fact that you know once they they did they're just eyes you know eyes are on the goal and they've got to get there and i think for me that gives great gaming opportunities again you know you might have gray knights supporting you as a two-player game for example but perhaps once chaos is dead but the other guy's still in trouble with the cultists well, maybe they would just go because there's a more pressing need for dealing with chaos elsewhere. And, and, and even it, so, it offers you opportunities to play narrative games where you're fighting against um, other armies of the Imperium. Because you can just say yeah, that, that yeah, they've absolutely. decided that the grip of, you know, the taint of chaos is is seeded within this planet and they just land on a planet and just go about exterminating everyone. If, if that's Astra Militarum or, or even another chapter of the Startes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think for me that would be great to see because that is the that's the core beliefs and the driving force behind this behind this chapter. So, no, I love it. I I really like as well the um this is kind of again you know when you turn the initial pages you get to, you reach the six hundred and sixty six words and then as you flick through go past the the sort of introduction you get onto the the heraldry and it's got the the eight yeah. brotherhood banners. As well as um, quite a you know a detailed explanation of all all the different sort of oath shields and what they mean. And as someone that's never actually never owned a Grey Knights army, this this was really new to me. I I've never really I've read the rules because um, it's horrible being smashed about on the tabletop by by the Grey Knights. But actually reading the narrative side of this book was was quite a learning experience for me. There's there's a huge amount of information about green eyes that i just wasn't aware of yeah i i, I, I say i'm just i spent ages just looking at all the different shields and how they work and how, how they come together and and then the beautiful banners for 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 each of the brotherhood it, it is great and i think for me they they're they're just begging to get modeled and you know just get your hobby thrown at it I think and heraldry is a cool you know i quite like history so reading about the heraldry and and the different uh oath shields and, and what uh what sort of makes them up and and you can you can just you know like like how people used to do with bretonian armies you can really invest yourself into each model especially if you're doing say like a uh a paladin army where you've got very very few models you can really uh throw yourself into it and write each person a story yeah and i think absolutely and and that story comes to life in the heraldry because that's why it's there you know that's why heraldry was always there you could identify yourself clearly on the battlefield as of who you were and what you stood for you know it goes back to the the houses of game of thrones which everyone knows these days so i think for me it's that sigil it's that symbol and i think for me as well and i've always looked at grey knights in the past it's always been well oh, i don't know what all that means and i feel like i just my character is I need to understand it 
to to be able to use it or how to how do I apply it or how do I take it and then apply it to say you know some more decorative work on a land raider or whatever I mean so you're always kind of scared that you're going to do it and someone's going oh you've got that upside down it's like I didn't even know a red block could be upside down but so I think for me this is great this book just gives you gives you that level of detail which you can choose to go into or not yeah definitely and um talking of sort of narrative and names and stuff the uh the names of the grey knights was something that interested you wasn't it yeah i mean i, I didn't know this um um so um, the process of becoming a grey knight uh is very intense and by the time you've come out at the end of it you no longer not only probably remember your name but it has no meaning it doesn't matter to you anymore so it's always been a tradition um that a name is given to you but it's actually a fragment of magical law and the chapter scribes determine what your name should be. And it's actually the true name of a particular demon. So even the name of a grey knight is a weapon against demons. So that's pretty cool, right? I'm just saying that's ace. So again, just for me, my thinking, well, how do we make that? How do we bring that to life in the game? I mean, it would be, I'd love to do it that perhaps we're starting the game and we, you know, there are three demon key demon characters on one side and I've got three gray knight characters on mine. Maybe we have an agreed table of 20 names and somebody picks three names for theirs. I pick three names for mine for knights. If we ever get in combat, if my knight declares his name and it happens to be, the matching name of the demon, you know, a one in 20 chance, for example. So, you know, reasonable chance you're going to not get it. But how cool would it be when it did actually match? And how do you like turn that into mechanic? Well, do they about, lose all this? You know, minus one invulnerable save or they suffer mortal wounds of some variety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just, you know, again, it, it would be something like the demon player would be, oh, I'll play that game. I'll take that chance. You know, it's not a definite, you know, it's not a guaranteed re-roll or anything. It's just literally... It's a gamble. Maybe and then, maybe there can be maybe there can be opposites. So you could have, say, like, um, you know, let's take Steve uh, as as your true a, name. A, well, we a well-known demon name. A yeah. well-known demon Steve. The greater <laughs> demon Steve. Um, uh, you could have, like, Stee as the Grey Knight name and V as the demon Ooh. name. But also there could be a demon called Fe. And so if you... Steph, I'm going for here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if... Yeah. Um, uh, if you declare your your grey knights, you're like, ha ha! My name is Brother Stare. I've come to slay you, evil demon. And this demon's like, ah ah ah! My name's Fair, not V. So <laughs> yeah, and you kind of so that for, for every for every opportunity to get a bonus against a demon, there's also the opportunity for it to backfire. Yeah, so there's I mean, definitely that's... like a risk versus reward mechanic in there. And and and, and again, you know, if and you know, you've just done that decl declaration and suddenly there's the demons not too far away it happens to be there. He's like, I'm not fighting him. Exactly. And suddenly he starts going across the other side of the battlefield and you go, right, I know your name. <laughs> I'm coming for you. And suddenly there's a whole reason to move around the battlefield, reason to do something that's entirely based on the background and nothing to do with objective one, objective two, objective three. So yeah, I'd love that. I love that. That's super cool. And to be honest, just the idea of loads of great, great demons called Steve and Steph cruising on the battlefield. 
I mean, that's, yeah. that's enough to get me gaming anyway. <laughs> Just don't say it three times in a row. You'll be fine. Absolutely. Sucked into the warp. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. So we've got, we've got names, narrative, uh, and with narrative comes... Uh, one of the most useful tools for an, any narrative campaign, and that's mapping. Yeah, I've just I just love that every uh, every codex has got a new version of this map with a like a concentration of on different things. So this is the tapestry of chaos. So it's all about these sort of dem- demonic incursions, chaos strongholds, and demon worlds and warp storms. So if GW are listening, um, what would be great at the end of this first batch of codex that we end up with an interactive map on the website so i was we, thinking that yeah you can switch on and switch off like filters yeah 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 i was i was so someone maybe not games workshop even someone around the world who's yeah. good at photoshop or the the internet thing um needs <laughs> to uh needs to take this image and and just have filters so you can put on each different you can say like all the warp storms all the planets and all the elder croft worlds Ah, yeah. okay, that's cool. That looks like that. That means I can run a demon versus elder campaign. I want to see all the Astro Militarum planets and all the Orc Wars. Okay, that's there. That means I can run a Armageddon-themed offshoot campaign. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, to be able to just zoom in and explore them and to link together and I'm going from here to here, what's going on. And obviously you could be super smart and actually have a a timeline scrubber across the bottom so you know things move about during the time overly complicated you know that's but but i mean i think for me that's that's what they're building here they're building this this map this play zone this linking kind of we'll start here but now we need to retreat because we've lost so where do we go and how can someone get around the back of us and someone's going to use you know we're going to take this fortress so you know, you don't have to make up a name for this anymore. It's there. It's ready to go. What's your uh, What's your favourite warp storm? <laughs> My favourite warp storm. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's got a favourite, right? Well, the Eye of Terror is just a little bit overused for me. Terror. Oh, the, the Eye of, of Terror. Oh, of sorry. Terror, I was yeah. going to say Terror's not a warp storm, Steve. Not Come on. Te- terror. No. Oh, yeah. Terror. Oh, the Eye of Terror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, but, you've got to no, make. No. You've got to be a warp storm hipster. You've got to. <laughs> you've got to pick a warp storm that no one's heard of. Uh, see, Heart of Darkness will always have a place yeah. in my. But, yeah, um, that sounds pretty cool. Hell's Breach. Emerald Gate sounds too nice. Emerald Gate doesn't sound particular. You'd be like, "Oh no, we're approaching the Emerald Gate," and you'd be like, "All right, yeah, cool. That sounds good." Yeah, yeah, it's nice lift music. Going yeah, on. welcome to the Emerald Gate. Um, Night, my favorite not... is the Perfidian Gap. <laughs> Sounds like a Cold War movie. Yeah, exactly. Some gap in the in the Berlin Wall. Exactly. But I mean, suddenly you've said there's a gap, or there's there's obviously a gap in this warp. So can it be closed? And how can we close it? You know, just the names challenge you to go. Right. So how, how's this slap? So, is, 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 you know, it's, it's not just a storm. This is, I don't know. So for me, this is all just absolute, you know, packet of seeds to grow things from. So is that is that maybe a gap in the Circuitrix Maledictum that you can enter and you come out at the Perfidian Gap warp storm? Yeah. OK. Like a, like a warp gate almost. Yes. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like because yeah. there's a, a temporary rift corridor near uh, Attila, isn't there? 
Yes. Uh, yeah, and there's an, is there another one near Cadia, the gauntlet? Yes, yes, there is, yeah. Oh, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So, again, you know, just seeding us these little little snippets it's like okay well how do we work that and how do we how do we and i think i think for me the other thing is you know for me learning more about gray knights in depth for the first time you know i didn't know they had their own you know fleet um fleet of ships and, and these are good ships you know just like every all of the rest of their kit it's um absolute top draw stuff yeah they don't they don't muck about do they no no they definitely got the black budget um checkbook haven't they they have yeah yeah no questions asked um <laughs> don't, don't so need we need a, a 70 inch plasma tv what for uh <laughs> demon incursion yeah <laughs> yeah we need an xbox one and uh and a couple of kegs of beer well what for Ah, oh, just it's all the chaos we need to uh we need to get all the chaos got rid of but that sounds like uh that sounds like fun stuff no 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 this is important grey night stuff you uh you i can't tell you because i'd have to kill you <laughs> exactly <laughs> but I th- again i think for me that's that's so th- okay so this is going to kick off another little question here for me so Go for um, they have the best stuff they are the best of the best the one thing that's maybe not drawn me to them aesthetically in the model sense is some of the paint schemes are very shiny it feels like they've literally stepped out of the salon and i would love to see some more that are a bit more tarnished because these guys get stuck in they are not you know they're not show troopers they are not just guards they 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 do the business and i'd love to see some more and if anyone's listening that's has got some good examples then you know not not just the super tripped or mud on their boots but kind of like act- weathered heavily kind of look yeah. like they've been campaigning yeah because they're going up against really nasty stuff so um i think for me if i was going to do something i think i might and we'll talk about which ones i like in a minute but i think i would definitely want them to look like they've you know been earning their pay yeah definitely this i mean there there is something there is something cool about the kind of clean cut clean cut schemes and it's something games workshop does very well um but with all the with all the weathering powders and techniques and uh, products available these days, it's very, very easy to, to get some uh, some really kind of gritty-looking models on the board, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's the difference between looking weathered and not looking neglected, because I, they would never be neglected. No. They, they are very proud. They are very serious. So, you know, they would be looking after their kit at any opportunity. I'm just saying we're playing a game where they are getting stuck in straight away. So if they've come from one battle to the next battle to the next battle, which is what they're going to do, especially, you know, with many of their abilities and many of their um, stratagems, it's about holding on. It's about being that last force. It's about being able to push out your abilities a bit further to protect ourselves a little bit more, just a slightly better environment. We've got to hold on because we're, we're always going to be outnumbered. They, they cap- almost they, they almost write their own last stand narrative, don't they? They do, <laughs> they do. So I, th- I think I think for me, just to model them in that way would be would be great to see. Definitely. So what um, you mentioned, you might want to do a small army or a small force. Would that be as a, a standalone detachment or? Yeah, I mean, I think I think 
a full army seems like a big piece of work for me now. And, and like I said, uh, my, my, my projects are smaller. So they would probably be uh, small enough to do um, Kill Team on their own or that style of game. Um, but I am building up my Sisters of Battle. They've already got some um, Administrorum with them. They're going to have a few more um, Inquisition models. So I'm thinking that I'm actually going to end up building, say, a this very much this last stand. So, you know, there's been a, a chapel. It's important. The whole place is being overrun. We're just down to the last few troops. So there's the sisters that are, you know, stationed at the, at the, at the chapel. Um, we've got the ministerium guys that, that are there, that are maybe a bit more functionary, the priest there. And, Yes, we've got a couple of squads of Grey Knights that are just there to, you know, hold the line, as it were. Um, I have no idea of any synergies or how they would work together, but I think it would look cool and it would be good fun to play, especially as as the sisters are a little bit, a little bit softer. They're not any, they're not your, your hand to hands, and so I think to have some. I don't know, mate. Try there. saying that to a sister Repentia that she's uh, she's soft and not good in hand to hand. She'll chop, <laughs> chop you up with her eviscerator, wouldn't she? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have no chance whatsoever. But um, yeah. Um, but I know so, what you mean. So, you kind of you do have a bit of a juxtaposition between sort of the uh, sisters of battle squads with bolters and their kind of their power armor and their version of power armor, which is which is differently shaped um, to say like uh, you know a Grey Knight Paladin and Terminator, the two models, you know, not just from a narrative perspective, but also on the tabletop. It's nice having variety, you know, just having a whole army of tactical Marines or tactical armoured uh, Marines in the same version of power armour. Isn't that, isn't that cool? It just doesn't look as, as nice because it's good to get a bit of variety in there. I, th- I think they, they look good as an army. You know, they're an army. They're all, you know, oh, it's you've, cohesive, got your, sure. you, you've, you've got your rhinos with the arrows on the top and all the symbols to show what they, what they contain. I love all that stuff. I, I think for me, just that kind of Imperium at its grandest <laughs> without having to go to knights and massive big things. I think, and I, I'm, yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to do. I don't know, mate. I'm a big fan of knights. <laughs> yeah I, I'll, my, I might get to one one day what version of it i'm not sure i need enough bodies on the ground first before i could justify getting a night yeah, fair, <laughs> fair enough fair enough was there anything else before we move on i think there was something that we both picked up wasn't there yes the terminus decree so this is just enough to get you interested but not enough to explain it all they've done the absolutely classic games workshop thing of giving you a little hook a little snippet but giving you enough information as you say to be really really excited about something yeah but not but not explain it so there's still an element of mystery in the same way that they've never they've never explained fully the the missing space marine legions and uh, and i like that um but yeah the terminus decree is first revealed to us on page nine of this book deep within the chambers of purity Locked away in the chamber, said to hold the tomb of the Sigilite himself, rests a simple wooden box, embellished with a golden seal. Within this box, written upon ancient parchment, is the instruction known only as the Terminus Decree. This artifact goes unrecorded in all the libraries of the Imperium, for it has been kept secret from all but the supreme grandmasters of the chapter. 
only a supreme grandmaster of the Grey Knights knows how to open the box, and he will do so only when all hope for the future of humanity seems lost. The Terminus Decree is the ultimate sanction of the Grey Knights, a secret so vast it could bring the Imperium to its knees, or save it in its darkest hour. Now that is very, very exciting, I, isn't I it? I mean, what could it be? You know, it, what could it be? Um, it makes Exterminatus sound like a bug zapper, doesn't it? It does. And I, is it is it a galaxy-ending Exterminatus? If it came down to it, that there was only a, the tiniest bits left of humanity and there was just a chance of surviving it, then wouldn't you press the big red button? Is it? But is it an offensive weapon? Or is it a kind of, you know, is it like a King Arthur type thing? Oh, okay. As in, like, in their darkest hour, use this and something will happen to prevent it from, from prevent, you know. It, I get what you're saying. Is it like a predator self-destruct destruct button at the end of the movie? Or is it a resurrect the emperor or something like that? I don't know. We don't know. A, a big reset button. Uh, just switch everything on and off again. But I think I think it's, you know, narrative-wise, what have we got? Well, we've got... Um, We've got we've got a box that only one person knows how to open. So what if that box is stolen, goes missing, gets pulled into the warp? Well, they might be able to open it, but we're going to need it back. So then that's a that's a crusade in itself. Or what if we work out how to know? Maybe the demon with the same name as the Grand Master tricks him to tell him how to open it. Well, then suddenly we've got a massive fight going on towards Titan. Because they know how to open it. So what do we do? Are we gonna we're gonna open it? We're gonna move it? What are we gonna do? So again, just great stuff. Yeah, and the, and the last the last paragraph just completely like sells it for me. It's like at that point, you know, after those first two paragraphs, you're like, yeah, that's pretty cool, but uh, you know, all very interesting. But then, boom, the exact nature of the document is unknown, and the only clue to its contents lies in the box's golden seal. It is whispered that it is the exact match of another seal found only in one place in all the Imperium's many scattered worlds. The Emperor's Golden Throne. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, like you say, that is world-endingly significant, if true. You know, imagine if, or maybe, maybe that's, you know, they're holding that for like 10th edition or something. <laughs> yeah, I have to see how the uh, campaigns go over the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, I think also what that does is that absolutely reinforces the importance and the power that Grey Knights hold. You know, if, if it wasn't clear enough already that, you know, these are absolutely, they might be 666, but they're actually the top of the tree of all of the Space Marine chapters. Yeah, they are. They are kind of humanity's greatest defenders, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at any cost, maybe even humanity itself. They're kind of like... Uh... If uh, if we can't have the galaxy, then no one will. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Brilliant. Well, that kind of sums up our little uh, narrative rundown of the uh, the Grey Knights Codex. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go through a couple of the uh, the War Scrolls that we liked the most. Steve, what War Scroll piqued your interest? So Dan, you're deeper knowledge of these will help me out here the purifier squads are they new no 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 they are not new 
annoyingly. Okay. I wish. If only okay. purifiers were new, then I wouldn't have had to have so much counselling over the PTSD that I suffered from facing <laughs> them all those editions ago. <laughs> okay, so uh, why do I like these guys? Because they're... Uh... They were amazing. Maybe it's maybe it's a kind of like the the memory of them being amazing has. Uh... <laughs> so 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 for me, these guys are like if if, if the Grey Knights weren't secretive enough, the Purifier are even more so. I believe there's only is there forty something of them, forty four of them. Yeah, they are. They are. The, I think that's probably one of the things that that makes them quite cool is that. Grey Knights are elite, yeah, sure. That's your that's your balance. That's your kind of your zero. Um, Paladins are all the way turned up to sort of eleven. Terminators kind of nine or ten, but that's almost a little bit too much. Whereas Purifiers are that that quite cool middle ground of they are the elite Grey Knights, but without being big stompy Terminators. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, for me, and I think there's that kind of scale thing. And again, for me, the look of stuff is as much as the story is as much as the as the data sheet, do you know what I mean? All those things come together. I'm, I'm not just, I, I love this data sheet. I don't really care what the model looks like. It's when you start giving power armored Grey Knights, you know, force swords and some of the bigger weapons, they start looking pretty handy. And I think for me, that was kind of the, the attraction here. Plus um, the head of their... Um, Castle and Crow. Yeah. The champion of the Order of the Pure of Rise. Yeah. yeah. Another cool. another person who I uh... So essentially back in fifth, if you, you could if you took Crow, uh Purifiers could be troops. Oh right, okay. And I think you could take yeah. you could take two Psy cannons for every five or something like that. So you could have a unit of ten of them with four Psy cannons, which had rending. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. Um yeah, they were very, very good. Right. So, yeah, I, I might have bumped into some accidental efficiency. Accidental. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I think for me, uh, the, the model looks interesting. You know, they've got the white helmets, which gives them some standout. I think that's cool. The big weapons, Crow, I think for me that all comes together. Uh, I mean, this, that line, if we're going down into the, the detail of these dudes, um, so one squad uh, is... Uh, power nine um and that squad is one knight of the flame squad leader and fuel for purifiers um you can have another five for nine points they come for your power level with a nemesis four sword storm bolter frag grenades crack grenades and psych out grenades i said that right yeah yeah psych out grenades yeah um and then you can replace the force sword for any item from the melee list and for every five two purifiers can replace their force sword and storm bolter with an item from the special weapons list yeah so that's so, an incinerator or a silencer or a cycan and a bit, a bit like previous editions you can have two per five yeah so how am i seeing those so again i suppose i'm seeing them joining i i, I think i like the sound of them that i think they aren't um quite as turned up to the max of your, your paladins so yeah I, I again efficiency versus points not really my zone uh but i would definitely love to model some of these and see how they do and i think uh, so if we just quickly go through 
their uh, abilities, um, they, which we'll do a bit more detail in the next show, I think, Dan, aren't we? Yeah, well, maybe actually it's probably probably worth mentioning after this one why why their ability is relevant because we'll cover some of the, the core abilities that cover all of the lists. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll become obvious what I mean when you touch on the, the smite. These dudes, like all of the uh, Grey Knights themselves, have the ability to manifest a psychic power so they can use smite. Um, in the case of the Purifier Squad, because they... The background is they they basically are purifying um, everything and everyone. They are shrouded in this blue flame, um, and this purifying flame is manifest on the table um, as smite. Um, it's only got a range of three inches because basically it surrounds them. It's not necessarily something they are directing in a, a bolt or a beam. It's type not like sense. A, a magic missile. It's more of a, an aura of flame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it, these guys have uh, are pretty angry. So there's there's D six mortal instead of the usual D three. And the reason I'm going to um, jump in here is because that is actually a rule that covers all of the Grey Knights uh, army, and that's the rights of banishment. And that is huh? normally when you manifest the smite psychic power. Obviously, normally it's got a range of eighteen, but for Grey Knights, it's got a range of twelve instead. And instead of suffering D3 mortal wounds, it's only one. Which prevents, you know, multiple strike squads uh, just spamming out D3 mortal wounds. Uh, however, uh, if the target is a demon unit, because obviously they're demon hunters, uh, it suffers three mortal wounds instead of D3. So you've got a bit of a... Yeah. You've got Smite is usually 12 and does one wound. Unless you purifies, in which case it's three inch, but it does D6. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a uh, of range and damage shenanigans there, which you definitely have to remember depending on which unit you're using smite with. Um, and then the the other two the other two rules that they've got uh, are obviously and they shall know no fear, which is rerolling morale tests, which uh, all all Astartes have, um, all all loyal Astartes rather, uh, and demon hunters, which is if this unit attacks any demons in the fight phase, you can reroll failed wound rolls for that those attacks. Which is just a generic kind of Grey Knight special ability. Yeah, which is great. You know, that's you, you need them to go through, don't you? So, so yeah, for me that was a that was a standout one, um, uh, combined with with Crow. Yeah, I like that. And the last sort of uh, universal rule, let's say, but it's not universal. It's only obviously only certain units is teleport strike, um, which allows you to basically do the, it's it's new deep strike, isn't it? It's it's you can set up anywhere yeah. at the end of your movement phase as long as you're more than nine inches away. Um, yeah. Uh, which is quite cool because you can give your purifiers this via a stratagem, can't you? Yes, yes. And again, this is where the stratagems will absolutely change what you can do on the table with certain things, whether it's you know double start, uh, double shunts, or all sorts of things. So, how would you do these? Dan, are they a kind of a? Can they do some four swords? some heavy weapons and be that kind of uh, swiss army knife or do they really just need to be swords and go in and chop things up um I, I always like keeping things simple um i've run a unit of 10 death company with various different melee weapons in before and it's just a pain in the uh, in the derriere so i would put all of you know maybe all four swords and a nemesis demon hammer do you know so you've got right. you've got 
all one weapon, but a special, a kind of a special weapon in there. So, but I wouldn't necessarily go like you know, one stave, one sword, one halberd, one one hammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you definitely want to be maxing out special weapons anyway. Yes, psi cannons used to be the the be all and end all really, um, but I suppose it, you know, with with the with the rules as they are, with different things um, affecting things, you know, with with your ability to wound, say, high toughness or, or vehicles with all things, then then it's definitely uh, a consideration to take other things. Sure. So, yes, I think a box of those may be on my way to me soon. Yeah, and you can, like you, like you said, you could take like just two squads, have them in two squads of fives, and have them supporting your uh, your sister's battle, your your Imperium army. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then they end up starting, you know, you add something else, you add something else, you add something else, and before you know it, you know, you've got 30, 40, 50 power, and that's a game, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I do really like the way that you can have an army of the Imperium. Uh, that is that is very cool because there's um there's something, you know, something cool about having a cohesive army, sure, but there's also something cool, like, you know, like during the Gathering Storm books seeing all those armies of the Imperium, the Crusade armies, yeah, that's uh, certainly... Uh, it's, a, it's a hobby project as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's where, that's where I plant my flag, so yeah, that works for me. So what about you, Dan? What, what's caught your eye? Well, um, I suppose it's probably important to note, you know, you can now take chaplains yeah. in Kratos armies. You know, that, that's, that's new, that's different, and um, I think they rather conveniently... Uh, Use the special limited edition chaplain model in the uh, in the book to show you what a chaplain <laughs> looks like. So good luck getting one of those. Uh, <laughs> but you know, a chaplain he's got a litanies of hate, so you can reroll failed hit rolls within six uh, during the fight for eight. It's got a four up invulnerable, and you can use uh, a chaplain's leadership of nine on other Green Knight models within within six as well. So so a generic chaplain really, and obviously you can you can uh, manifest smite as well as one other from the Sanctic. Whether you'd want to take him, there's plenty of other buffing HQs or elite models that you can take. Uh, so I suppose it's you know whether that fits in with your with your background or or whether you have a model that you really want to use. So what would be the other option from him then? Would it be librarian? So does he do a different job? For example, yeah, he does a different job. So for example, if you look at, let me just flick over to the Brotherhood Ancient. So you can make an additional tack for. Uh, Brotherhood Ancients because of the banner. Uh, if you go to, which obviously is different, you know, it's a different type of buff. But would you rather have an additional chat uh, attack or reroll? You know, this, the problem is this is you can reroll all failed hits, so that's good. Yeah. But your Grand Masters allow you to reroll ones. You're probably hitting on threes most of the time, if not twos yeah. with your Grey Knights. You know, rerolling ones, rights of battle. You can reroll f- hit rolls of one for friendly Grey Knights units within six of this model. But that's so your grandmaster allows you to reroll ones during all phases, whereas your chaplain allows you to reroll all hits during the fight phase. Okay. So I I personally prefer a grandmaster because he also helps you decker. Yeah, yeah. I see that. So yeah, so there's definitely there's definitely choices in there. The other new one of the other new things is you can still you can now take storm talon gunships and stormhawk interceptors yeah which you couldn't do before it's, you know you storm ravens were obviously a thing you know for, for grey knights originally and uh whether, whether you want to take a couple of smaller fires flyers for similar cost of um of one big flyer you know that that's that's also cool flyers being also more reliable now that they start on the table yes plus the stormhawk intercept yes. is a cool model yeah i've not had much experience of flyers yet and how they can impact how they can impact the game so 
um, I suppose I'm nervous to get into those, really. Yeah, I think they're probably not as meta-shifting as they were now that they, they can still be shot. And, you know, some flyers aren't like the Helldrake. You don't even minus one when you shoot it because it's not uh, right. it's not got the supersonic move. Oh, sorry, the, the hard, right. sorry, the hard to hit rule. Okay. Yeah, so these these ones do, but there's no there's no sort of no hard and fast rule. Not not all flyers have that. Um, or not not all units that can fly have that rather. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Storm Ravens fifteen, a Storm Talons nine, and a Storm Hawks ten. So you know, if, if you want to have one big one or two small ones, they're you know, there's there's a little bit of change in there, but it's um it's not a huge amount different. And then obviously, I think uh, one of the other headline changes or new things is that you can take a Grandmaster and a Dreadnought now, which yes. is pretty so pretty that... cool if you want to have loads of Dreadnoughts stomping about. That's epic, isn't yeah, it? I mean, he's 14 power, sure, and he's you're probably maybe taking him as your Warlord. Whether you want to have your Bullet Magnet Dreadnought in in as your Warlord as well, or is in one of your key buffing characters. Again, yes, it's super cool, but whether you'd like to have multiple smaller buffing hqs and maybe having a dread knight separate so that you can go crazy with him and charge him into things and smash things up and not worried about losing him yeah having a having a line of dread knights and dreadnoughts would be cool wouldn't they but who, who knows what that would actually do it's, it's just kind of what looks cool but yeah i think i think to have the option there is great i think it it, it means you can go full narrative or you can you can make the choice again it depends what people play against their friends you know what are their friends field and what do they what do they do with their games so it's just good to have the option definitely what about what about yourself was there was there another unit that you know obviously uh purifiers would be quite cool in your army is there anything else that caught your eye yeah i think so there's there's two kind of second place joint second place i i like the interceptor you squad they have this personal teleporters this little um kind of uh, forbidden planet looking things on their back which look cool sorry how does Uh, what noise do they make they go with arc of sparks going sort of tesla oh yes yeah 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 no i can see that (laughs) so um but what they have is the ability to teleport shunt so they start on the table they're not in the uh, teleportation chambers at the beginning of the game um but once for battle you can do this teleport shunt and appear anywhere else in the battlefield as long as you're nine inches away um so again for me this makes them quite a threat and i think for me it, it means that you know it's, it's, it's different to i mean they've got a normal move of 12 anyway so they're pretty handy. And for me to have that ability to sort of reach out, grab things, you know, if you're playing with the objective cards, which I like to do as a pickup game, you know, we just turn the objectives into something meaningful on the table and then play those as a very quick pickup game. So for these guys to be to to reach out, tag something, score the points, and then shunt back to or shunt across to somewhere else suddenly they're, they're, they're scoring a lot of objective points, you know, and just by moving them out quickly. So, yeah, I, th- I thought they were cool. So, interestingly, um, point to note maybe for new players, is that Interceptors, uh, obviously, have always had teleporters, but the shunt used to be very different. Um, it used to be, it used to increase your move rather than allow you to do a kind of a, a Deep Strike-esque move like it allows you to do now. Um, 
and this and you used to be able to give um your dread knights teleporters as well which you still can but again they act differently so the the t- dread knight teleporter just allows it to do the deep strike esque move yeah as, okay. as a deployment so it doesn't allow yes. you to do that pick up and place them that, that that allows you to do here it's done in the is done in the deployment because again i think if you've because this is um one in five of these dudes can have a special a special weapon so you know immediately they can be on the table throwing out a bit of pain until you know an objective comes up and becomes available as a viable target and then they can then do their shunt so you know we're not you know or they can sit on on you know i don't know was it eight power for five i don't know how that compares really but that doesn't seem a huge amount and the ability that you know they might be holding a rear objective of yours sat there looking tough and then suddenly they're reaching out on the other side of the table so you're really going to keep the other player on their toes i, like I think my my favorite part uh, or concept with this unit is just running it with some primaris and some flyers so oh, you okay. can have yeah, some yeah, yeah. gray knight interceptors with some stormhawk interceptor flyers maybe some primaris interceptors and then some primaris intercessors <laughs> i just i just i just want to see that army played yeah for about five minutes and just watch your opponent just like what 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 word are you using <laughs> i'm sure there's there's a few that i've missed out maybe some maybe a primaris space marine librarian like librarian a primaris space marine librarian and maybe a, a primaris psyker from the astro militarum <laughs> With a Rhino Primaris, which can't fit Primaris Space Marines in it. Yeah, I couldn't work that one there's out. Definitely, yeah, there's definitely some scope for confusion during that game. <laughs> People are just end up saying, yes. Yeah, just take take the models off, I think. <laughs> yeah, which one did you shoot? Yeah, very yeah. confusing. Um, purgation squads, those are cool yes so if i'm right in saying this is pretty much the um, this is your, de- this is your devastator squad yeah. yeah 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 absolutely but with but but with smarter toys but with cooler toys yeah well yeah i mean don't see any plasma cannons in there so yeah but i think again i think if we go back to that whole premise that these guys are holding the line last stand out then they don't necessarily need the uh, super long range stuff do if they? if you can't blow yourself up with your heavy weapon then you're not doing it right that's that's <laughs> roll a one roll a one so, you, got your grandmaster. Yeah, no. you can re-roll that oh uh, yeah there you go uh yeah i i like these i like these i quite fancy these in with the sisters again a squad of these uh seven power for the five so that's uh it's not too bad um thing is you could do you could do one box and that could allow you to build five purifies and five uh purgation squad dudes and then you can have four i think it would be cool to give you per, uh, purgation squad guys um incinerators yes that would fit be perfectly like, you know cleansing with flame and then your uh, maybe your purifiers can have si- um silences or or um uh side cannons yeah yeah so the, these dudes all come out of the strike box. So yeah, set. that's that's a cool. That's one you know one thing maybe for people who haven't uh, 
collected grey knights before or maybe uh, are relatively new to the hobby is that th- all the power armor infantry come out of the same box it's yeah. it's it's actually one of one of games workshops sort of cleverest boxes because you can build about four or five different units from it yeah i had to go as soon as i was going through here and like i said about purify said is this a new unit you know i had to go back and <laughs> look at the website to go oh uh, where are they then? Oh, they're part of that, and they're part of this. So yeah, no, I think, I think for me, you know. Um, so the the crow model has he had a model, or has he always so, been a bit of a special build? No, so he he's he's got his own special character model. Oh right, okay. Goody gumdrops. So yeah, I don't have to buy an extra box for him then. You wouldn't have to buy an extra box, no. Uh, you just have oh. to buy the, the the special character. But for example, um, y- you could run your you could run you could buy one box and build 10 strike squads or five purifiers and five purgation dudes you know that, that anything it's um it comes with a whole host of different bits that comes with all various different weapons and yeah I'm, I'm not sure whether it comes with enough weapons to give them all the same as in like does it come with enough halberds to do five of them i'm not sure you'd have to check the sprues um yeah. but certainly it's you know if, if you if you're doing one you know, one squad one way and one squad another. That then definitely, uh, definitely scope to uh, to 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 be efficient with your bits usage. Well, there you go. Then that's what I'm going to get. Yep, uh, the crow model. You're absolutely right. It's twelve fifty on the website, so in pounds. So one of him and one box, and I'm going to have two squads. And the sisters have suddenly got a bit tougher. And maybe you could ally in some uh, sisters of silence as well, or or art. Oh, do you know what you need? Oh, on, go on then. see i keep looking at those yes I, I don't want it to look like it's um you know the licorice assortment one of each type but yeah why I, not yeah. why not i think i think that'd be amazing so like a a unit of custodies two units of grey knights two fives and then and then yeah. the sisters i think for that ragtag literally on the steps of the of the chapel absolutely surrounded I think I think it would be great fun. Defenders Maybe, of terror. Love, yeah, exactly. The last the last bastion on this planet. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Dan, what else? Is well, my on final your my final uh, unit selection is probably a bit of a a harking back to the old school, and this is the uh, the noble Grey Knight's dreadnought. <laughs> so back into the day, he was an absolute demon because you could give him double twin linked auto cannons and cybolt ammunition uh, it was just terrible it was just absolutely terrible so that gave you plus one strength oh okay Basically, you had strength eight so you had uh, auto cannons that were kicking out the same strength as um missile launchers crack missiles um and obviously that that then hits the double toughness for instant death on marines you know it was it was all sorts of horrendous um and both the Dreadnought and the Venerable Dreadnought uh, don't have the option to take double auto cannons anymore. Oh. So you can replace its assault cannon with the Dreadnought heavy weapon. And in fact, double auto cannon isn't one of those heavy weapons. And you can replace its uh, combat weapon and storm bolter with a missile launcher. So oh. basically, you can build it out of the box. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, I'm sure I'd have to check my Forge World uh, index to. I'm sure that you can build a an auto cannon rifleman Dreadnought. Um, but sadly, Cybolt Ammunition, in its previous incarnation, which used to be a squad upgrade, is no more. 
it no. now exists as a stratagem. So um, I think we'll we'll cover stratagem stratagems at length uh, in the next episode, but I will just yeah. touch briefly on uh, cyber ammunition, which is now a a two command point stratagem. You can use the stratagem before a grey knight unit shoots. Uh, the strength and AP characteristics of any bolt guns, storm bolters, heavy bolters, and hurricane bolters that unit fires are improved by one this phase. For example, a heavy bolter strength five AP one would become strength six AP two. So you can't even use it on um, on auto cannons anymore. Right. Okay. Which is brilliant because they were horrendous. <laughs> but I've never fought against them. Were oh, they, were just, they too no, much? I don't even want to go into it. It's terrible. It was it right. was hor- horrible. Absolutely horrible. But I can imagine on a imagine a land raider crusader. Oh, with that. okay. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's yes. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see where Bolt this is guns, going storm now. Bolters, heavy bolters and hurricane bolters. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah. So, because I, I was going to wonder, I thought two command points was quite a lot, but it's probably about right. Just, isn't you it? just need to use it on the right on the right thing. Or, or to be honest, yeah. unit of 10 strike squads firing um, storm bolters at, at rapid fire range. <laughs> yeah. Because bear in mind, a storm yeah. bolter is now rapid fire too. So yeah, a yeah. unit of ten at twenty four, a unit of ten strike squads at, at twenty four are kicking out twenty shots, or forty shots at uh, at close range at twelve inches. Obviously, you probably yeah. lose a few of those to uh, the special weapons you might have in there, but still, strength five AP one is uh, not to be sniffed at if you're shredding through in- infantry. Yeah, that's hurty, isn't that's it? That's super hurty. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. That's that's uh that's, that's my last pick of the of the war scrolls. No, cool. I mean, there's plenty of others to choose from. It's just uh, we'd be here all night otherwise. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to go reading through every single War Scroll. We want to leave something for you guys to enjoy. Um, so that basically concludes our uh, our first part of, of the Grey Knight Review. Uh, what we're going to do next week is we're going to release, or later this week, is going to release another episode where we're going to cover the Warlord Traits, Stratagems, Relics, Sanctic Discipline, and Tactical Objectives. So it might be a, a slightly yeah. shorter episode. Because uh, we're just going to talk about the rules rather than uh, in-depth chat about the law. Uh, but join us then, Steve. If people want to get hold of you on the Twitters, yeah, you can find me at Tin Racer Steve. So it's T I N R A C E R Steve uh, for all my hobby ramblings, gamings, and uh, making stuff. And I can be found at DangerMouse425. Uh, you can find Ashes of the Imperium at, uh, on all sorts of social media, so Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and we are at AOTI40K. And if you'd like to send us an email, then we are uh, ashesoftheimperium at gmail.com. So feel free to send us an email. Tell us what you'd like to hear from us next. We've had a few uh, show suggestions. We've had a few lists in as well. Uh, so if you want to send us your list as well and and ask what we think of it, we're not gonna we're gonna not, not gonna be able to pimp your list in, with some uh, uber gamey tournament winning pro knowledge, but um, we can certainly talk about it. If you've got a cool theme, obviously Steve loves to talk about narrative gaming. So if you've got a cool theme, you want to send us some pictures, uh, a list, and some uh, some of the little background about your your list, then feel free to do that. Um, yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think. And yep. uh, feel free to leave us a, a review on iTunes. If you think we're a five-star podcast, then then feel free to do that. If you don't think we are, then uh, please get in touch via email and, and let us know how we can improve because we're only on episode five and uh, we look forward to to, to hearing from you and uh, and constantly delivering some good Warhammery goodness to you. <laughs> so that's it. Steve, have you got any last points? Uh, I just wanted a very quick shout out, last shout out to uh, someone on Twitter who's uh, uh, Drill Abbott Harry. 
um, who pointed out that uh, last mentioned in one of the last shows, my um, completely original themed uh, Grot army uh, has actually been out there for a very long time. And um, I was obviously channeling a, a, an inner communist to get there um, and shared with me some really cool information and some some magazine info and stuff about the, the background for those. And that's great because it, it, the, the whole uh, rebel grots. Oh, the Gorka Morka rebel grots. Yeah, so that's great. And also pointed me to some um, out-of-print models, which have to go on the wish list as well. Yeah, so very, very expensive out-of-print models. Yes, yeah. for being quite tiny as well. Yep, yeah, there's little and, bits of lead. It doesn't even have a flag, just a stick. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I can work on that. So, yeah, no, just want to say thank you for that. And, and also for the kind words people have been saying about the show. It's, it's great to have some feedback. So, thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. So, without further ado, we shall leave you with the thought for the day and uh, wish you all the best and happy hobbying. See ya. I am the hammer. I am the sword in his hand. I am the gauntlet about his fist. I am the bane of his foes and the woes of the treacherous. I am the end.